and welcome into the Fun Astrology Podcast on Solstice Day. Thanks for joining us. Thomas Miller here. Glad you stopped by. If you are in the Southern Hemisphere, it is the winter solstice, the shortest day of the year. And if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, it's the longest day of the year, the summer solstice, obviously. And we're going to talk about the sun's ingress into cancer in this episode. We have a lot going on in the world, obviously, in this solstice day. Let's talk about the ingress and cancer and the solstice a little bit. And then if we have some time, we'll talk maybe just a second about taking a look at Tulsa, Oklahoma, the spotlight of the world for this evening, for sure. And then, of course, we have tomorrow. Now, it's going to say tomorrow because I'm talking from a very northern hemisphere Uh, U.S. perspective here, but the solar eclipse happens at least in the U.S. time zone overnight, so it's going to be a two-in-the-morning kind of thing. In fact, since we're here, let's just give those times. So these are all eastern time zone. 12.47 a.m. is when it begins. It peaks at 2.40, and the last location to see it will be at 4.32 a.m., officially ending on 4.34 a.m., And because of the distance of the moon to the earth, this will be an annular eclipse, meaning that it will not completely block out the sun. It will have a ring of fire around the moon, as if you were to observe it through a telescope with the appropriate filters. Or you can watch it on YouTube, live or probably a replay. I love eclipses. I love solar eclipses. And my biorhythms are just not, (laughs) I don't think I'm going to make this one. One of my favorite things to do during an eclipse is a kundalini yoga routine that I have. In fact, it's on soulfoodtalks.com if you'd like to download it. It's in the freebies box, and it's a kundalini yoga routine. It comes with a Spotify playlist and a chai tea recipe uh, that is just a package that I put together from my friend Hemet Singh Devault, who I've had on the Subconscious Mind Mastery podcast quite a few times. But it's just a great yoga routine. Not too difficult, but very, what do I say, brings you in tune with your soul. But that's there if you'd like to grab it. And that's one of my favorite things to do during an eclipse is that yoga routine while the eclipse is happening. Like an energetic firecracker. (laughs) Now, another interesting thing about this eclipse that I read, and I don't remember the source of this. It was in passing, and I didn't grab it, but uh, that this has been the first Time recorded ever that there is a solar eclipse on the solstice. So that's pretty much overnight business, at least if you're in the United States. Let's talk about today's business officially 5.44 p.m. This was kind of cool because for those of you who are into number sequences, if you're in the central time zone, that's 4.44 this afternoon is the sun's ingress into cancer, the summer solstice. Now, in astrology, there are four cardinal signs, four mutable signs, and four fixed signs. The four cardinal signs are the points of the solstices and the equinoxes. Just a quick piece of astronomy here. So the equinoxes are, of course, spring and fall, and that's when the sun is basically equal to the equator. In fact, the word is a derivative from a Latin word meaning equal night. So the equinoxes are equal length day and night. And of course, the solstices are based on northern southern hemisphere. And because of the 23 and a half degree tilt of the Earth's axis, the ingress into cancer 
places the tilt of that axis with the northern hemisphere closest to the sun, southern hemisphere farthest away, and then the Capricorn ingress, the opposite. Those four signs, so if we go in zodiacal order, we're talking about Aries, Cancer, Libra, Capricorn. Those are the cardinal signs. Cardinal sign people are initiators. They're kind of the leaders, if you will. Now, an interesting characteristic about that combined with Cancer's water (laughs) sets up a little bit of an astrological paradox, doesn't it? Because the sign of the crab is very much a water sign. So, like its brethren of Scorpio and Pisces, Cancer personalities can run deep, very emotional and reflective. And yet, there's this star quality of cardinal, outgoing, leadership, etc. So, you might know or be a Cancer who is more internally focused, centered. You go into your heart a lot. Or you might be one that is outgoing, where the cardinal characteristic kind of dominates your cancer. The sign of the crab rules the fourth house in zodiacal order. So Aries, Taurus, Gemini, Cancer. And that fits oh so well, (laughs) as it should, because the fourth house is all about home and family. And one thing you know about your cancer self or your cancer friends is that they are very home-oriented. In fact, if you think of that little crab with his little pinchers, right, and holds on to things, cancers will hold on to what's very important to them, and typically that's home and family. Cancers also make great loyal friends. I mean, true blues stand by your side to the end. When everybody else has turned out the lights, the cancer is still in the room in your party. If you need a loyal friend, surround yourself with somebody who is the sign of cancer. Another thing about cancers that's kind of fun is that they are, as I just saw described one time, naturally gifted merchants. Cancers are salespeople. They can sell you on things. Just kind of is in their DNA. But the thing I love the most about this fellow water sign, and you know we water signs now, we've got to hang together, (laughs) is that cancers are driven by that internal depth, that deep intuition, that inner knowing, that inner centeredness that comes with water. When waters go inside, it's almost like they've checked out. From the, from the party. You know, they're not in the room anymore. They're in themselves. And cancers can do that. They are emotional. They, are, they have very strong intuitions. And when they learn to tune into it, you know, sometimes our head does get in the way. But when you learn to tune into that intuition, cancers are highly intuitive. And that watery depth comes from multiple lifetimes of deep experiences brought forward into this beautiful package of cardinal leader, salesmen, sell you on their programs, very true loyal friend, and completely devoted to their family. Cancers, we love you, and welcome to cancer season. All right, now, we will do a reading of the Donald Trump rally, just a quick looking at the chart, but it wasn't quick. I'm coming back and inserting this after having recorded this other piece, and it goes for a while. So if you're interested in taking a look at the chart with the Trump rally, then you can continue on. If not, happy solstice, and I hope you'll be back tomorrow. We'll talk eclipse and then on into next week. I hope to do this in a couple of minutes. It didn't turn out that way. So giving you a jump off point here if you want one, (laughs) okay? So 
here is just a quick read. And the first thing that I see, and I'm in whole sign charts now, is I see the sun in the eighth house. Hmm. If you were to throw out two quick keywords about eighth house characteristics, what would you say? I would say death and taxes, if you just had to be really, really quick. Isn't that interesting? Now, of course, that's death for the purpose of rebirth. It's basically the theme of transformation. But the eighth house is ruled by Scorpio, so there is a death component to this. A lot of times people with a sun in the eighth house are oriented toward death industry type things. I mean, somebody has to marry them and somebody has to bury them. So we need our eighth house people, characteristics in that. But yeah, I mean, the death industry is obviously a large industry. And let's don't, you know, let's not look away. Dying is as much a part of living as anything else. And this is one area where the energy of death is reflected in the chart. And it's an area that people like to look away from. You know, we don't like to deal with it, but here it is. And it is a part of life. So the sun Tonight in Tulsa at 7 p.m. local time, which is the start time of the rally. You know, it won't start then, but if certainly the energy will be accumulated then, and it's a focal point, I think that if you were to cast a chart for this event, that's a good time to use, that the sun will be in the sign of, or in the uh, eighth house, in the, of course, in the sign of cancer, five minutes into the sign of cancer by the time of the rally tonight. So I think we have several things. It's the death and rebirth. It's the transformation. Uh, perhaps on just the one side of the coin, it is the first rally since the pandemic. I mean, let's say that everything goes fairly well and there's not a backwash two or three weeks down the road of an outbreak of cases in the Tulsa area. Could it be somewhat of a rebirth after the virus? And I know this gets really, really emotional. I know. But just stay with me on the astrology here. Set the emotions aside because I'm reading the same numbers you are. I'm seeing these outbreaks. I get it. And you know, this is a good point. Let me just pause here for a quick sec. Okay, so this podcast is going to go a little longer. When we read an astrology chart, we have to put our personal biases aside. We have to say, what is the chart saying to us? So as I look at this and I see that the sun, of all the places it could be, is in the eighth house. Are we talking about physical death? Are we talking about more death because of more exposure to COVID? Are we talking about death and rebirth? In other words, are we putting this virus behind us and are we rebirthing into something? See, these are the areas that you have to explore and all of those could be on the table. And this is where you say, astrology is not fixed. Yes, it is energetic And it definitely will open these areas to exposure, but it could go a number of different ways. And that's where free will comes into the chart. So we have a couple of different ways that this particular interpretation could go. And I get it. From a personal perspective, you might be horrified at the thought of this rally, and you might be ecstatic because of this rally. And that's where we have to set the personal biases aside. Because when you bring them in to an interpretation of a chart, it's going to skew the reading completely. So I'm just seeing, I'm observing a sun in the eighth house, and I'm going, hmm, isn't that interesting? It also reflects other people's money as the broad category, often attributed to taxes, but inheritances, insurance policies, etc. Other people's money. Hmm, isn't that interesting? 
Now, in a whole sign chart, the ascendant is in Sagittarius. I find that interesting. I love it when the chart puts exclamation marks all over the place. So Sagittarius is the rising sign. Boy, Donald Trump rallies are almost like a rock star kind of event. So yes, a Sagittarian rising sign totally fits the characteristic of this. If you were there and caught up in the emotion of the crowd, it would be an energetic wow. And just the sheer number of requests for tickets and the fact that people are camping on the streets. You know, the last time I remember somebody camping out in order to get something was the iPhones and the iPads when those came out. Remember people used to line up around Apple stores? I think that I, I can't remember since when people have camped out for something, camped out on concrete to get something. Wow. That is some Sagittarian rising sign energy right there. Okay, we have to check Saturn, Pluto, Jupiter. And in a whole sign chart, that's the second house. So if this has any correlation to financial futures, I'm wondering what might happen with Capricorn occupying the second house. That's a Saturn ruled sign, kind of brings a structure or even a heaviness about it. Pluto is in this direct square to Eris. We talked about that on Thursday. And the Pluto-Jupiter-Saturn-Stellium trio is, are all in retrograde, and I think that's bringing uh, temperedness to all of the energy around this. So interesting stuff around that. But yes, and we do have a sextile to Mars and Pluto as well. Just Mars has advanced one degree off of that 24-degree alignment that peaked on Thursday. We are still in the moon wobble, although we are on the back side of it, the waxing side of it, after it peaking yesterday. The moon and Venus in retrograde will be in the seventh house. Of course, that's the house of relationship and partnership. And even though Venus is retrograde for another f- five days, it turns direct, it stations direct on the 25th, it still is retrograde. But you got to say, from the moon, the emotional connection, Venus, love, and obviously people who love Donald Trump love Donald Trump, and this is going to be an emotional partnership, relationship connection. And I know whenever you mention the word Trump, it brings up a plethora of emotions and a full spectrum of emotions. And I'm talking to those who love Donald Trump, and I'm talking to those who despise Donald Trump. But look at the astrology. Look at when you cast this chart that you see this love affair expressed in the house of partnership as something that was very important to Trump followers and lovers was taken away, and that is the Trump rally. And another thing that's interesting is you know that Donald Trump does not acknowledge or follow astrology whatsoever, and that without any kind of astrological consultation, that this chart would show up where that connection with his followers is very much alive in the seventh house. I see that in a way, and I know there will only be 20,000 people in this auditorium and no telling how many watching on television or internet, but there will be a connection. It's just highly reflected in the chart. There will be a relationship solidifying connection, except that Venus is in retrograde. If I were advising the president, I would have said, let's wait just seven more days. Let's do it the following weekend, and then Venus will be direct, and they will absolutely love, love, love you. All right, Uranus, out of the blue events. That would be in the sixth house in Taurus. 
I'm going to borrow a couple of Stephen Forrest metaphors on this one. A couple of new words that I learned narrating his audiobooks for the sixth house, which I usually would think of job, our job, and health. Steve Forrest helped me embellish and accentuate that to also add our responsibilities. That's the job area, but also mentors in our life. So in this quick read, I'm not sure exactly. I'd have to sit with that one a little bit, but where does Uranus show up in this event of if something could happen out of the blue? Well, maybe it would be painted with those kinds of characteristics. And then Neptune and Mars are both in Pisces in the fourth house, home and family. What does Neptune represent? Neptune can be intuitive perception, like that connection with the divine almost. But it also represents lies, deception, and fogginess. And Mars is at 25 degrees Pisces, and it's kind of tapping its foot, sitting there waiting to get into its own sign of Aries. So it's kind of done with water. It's like Pisces, I'm just, I got to blow bubbles for five more degrees. Come on, when can I go? It's actually eight more days. So see there, I would have advised the president, why don't we get Venus direct and Mars in Aries? Ooh, that would be a much better time to hold a rally. But anyway, Mars and Neptune. So Mars is a little bit, uh, not, it's not in detriment in Pisces, but it's just not at home by any means. Yeah, there is an interesting picture being painted here around the fourth house, home and family, with those two energies present. Now, we could spend three hours on this because we would have to look at Donald Trump's chart and see where these transits affect his natal chart. We don't have time for that. But I thought that might be kind of interesting for those of you who stuck with it. Just a quick overview of kind of where some of the energy focuses are in Tulsa tonight. Let's talk about the eclipse tomorrow some more, and we will, we've got another busy week ahead, so we will pick up and just continue on Monday as well. Have a great solstice. Wishing you the very best. Do some kind of ceremony for yourself at the hour of. Always a great thing to do. Take care.